Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome back to the channel, to the show, all that fun stuff. Um, today we got our first guest and uh, now our first repeat guest, Tom Barnett. He's a friendly face and uh, he's a great guy. I love talking to him. Always has great insights to share and uh, we get into some great stuff today. We talk about the convoy, we talk about what you truly need to focus on and why it's important to not only be against what's going on but also build what you want as opposed to just complaining about the way that things are. And also about conserving your energy and your spiritual energy, but also filling your cup back up with working in as opposed to always working out because you're always giving, but you're not taking in, then everything you're going to give is in some ways deficient. So um, I'm really excited to bring this one to you guys. Uh, Tom's awesome. I love talking to him and we'll get him back on again, surely in the near future. Um, just right before uh, we hop into the show, I just want to tell you about some of the links in the description. Obviously, I've been talking about these for a little bit, but Bioptimizers is... The, one of the best um, companies out there for supplementation. Um, their highest selling product with uh, Magnesium Breakthrough is the most com comprehensive breakthrough uh, magnesium supplement on the market. We're not getting this from our food anymore and that's why a lot of us have sleep problems, stress, anxiety, all those different things. It controls, magnesium controls almost every biochemical function in your body and because we're not getting that, that's why a lot of people are anxious, nervous, they have this you know sort of just strange energy throughout the day and um, when you take those, it really, I take two at night and it puts me in like the deepest sleep ever. And anytime that I forget to take them, it just, I just kind of have like a rest of sleep. So um, those are in the description below. And also have a bunch of different products. They're probably the number one uh, health and digestion products in on the entire market. They've got a great gluten guardian one. They have um, one if you're struggling with uh, constipation or anything like that. Those have great digestive enzymes, something called masszymes, which is a protein absorption. So it's a way to get essentially like three times as much protein out of everything that you're eating uh, if working out is something that you're into, which obviously I am too. And um, yeah, they have HL, HCL, which is uh, hydrochloric acid, which is again, digestive stuff. So they've got great things, blood sugar breakthrough, which is a blood sugar balancer, all that fun stuff. So I will highly recommend them. They've got, I've got descriptions in the link below. I believe that description, or sorry, that link will give you 27% off, which I think is like one of the best um, uh, deals out there that's going on right now. And then we have Food Forest Abundance. So Jim Gale, uh, I think he was episode maybe like seven or nine, one of those. I don't know which one it was exactly, but he's great. He's doing Food Forest Abundance, which is essentially taking control of your health through growing your own food. Could you imagine what it would be like to sort of use your everything that you ate in a day you could walk out your back door and have it growing in front of you and pick it and be able to eat it. And um, I just think it's fantastic because I think a lot of this stuff that we're going through in the moment with the world is a lot, is dependent a lot on the fact that we are so disconnected with our nature and what we're eating. And his team will work with you to design a food forest in your backyard so that you can have sustenance and year long harvests to eat what you, what you grow and that way you know everything that's going into your body. The biggest way to prevent sickness is to be healthy and they are fantastic for doing that. And then lastly, I know I've talked this about, about this a lot, Dr. Graves' course, howtowinincourt.com. People can and will step over you and they can and will violate your rights until you know how to defend yourself. I think it's very important to understand this knowledge and um, it's one of those less pretty responsibility inducing um, information sort of tactics that you can have because honestly if you know if you know how you're right 
and you can back that up in court and you can effectively um, let people know that you're not uh, a pushover and you're potentially very dangerous with your, your words and your, your pen, as it were, um, it's great. And it's it's worth its weight in gold. The, the, the fact that I know <laughs> just even the basics of how these things work and operate, I'm able to walk around in the world and really not care too much about what's happening because I know what the rules of evidence are, how to get evidence on record, what the rules of civil procedure are, so that if people <laughs> violate my rights, I can very easily stand there and be able to uh, to deliver what I need to, to hopefully never get to the position of going to court or anything like that. Anyways, it's fantastic. I think it's really important. But anyways, that's enough of that. Let's get into the episode. <laughs> We've got a familiar face, our first guest, and now our first repeat guest, Tom Barnett. How's it going, man? Yeah, good. Yeah, kicking goals. I'm uh, glad to be on the leaderboard with your, uh, with your repeats. Yeah, yeah, man. I just thought I'd save all the special ones for you. I don't know if you can notice, but I, uh, I actually retired the whiteboard since I was so embarrassed last time at the end of the, uh, the one podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been seeing some of your podcasts. I think you're doing a great job. So, yeah, just more than happy to be on. It's a pleasure. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, um, I think uh, kicking it off with you really uh, sped things up. And uh, yeah, I'm just curious, um, just a general kind of catch up in terms of what what's going on uh, over in Australia and how's, how's things with you? What's the general what's your general kind of, you know, consensus as to what's going on? How do you think people are reacting to uh, the narrative as it seems to be? I don't know about you. It seems to be kind of, you know, crumbling a little bit. So, yep, it is for sure. It's it's um. I really feel that the narrative was designed to crumble as in they put it out so that it would crumble, but it's for a reason. You know, it's like if you set something up in general, like, I don't know, you make some furniture or something and it's designed to last a certain amount of time, which is the planned obsolescence that is rife in manufacturing these days. And it's so that you'll purchase something else. You know, that's what planned obsolescence is about. And the narrative was always meant to crumble because Otherwise, they wouldn't have put out so much ridiculous stuff, you know, so much contradictory things and then telling people they're this and then you're not that and then tell them to wear 18 masks. And then at the same time, telling people that masks don't have protection about anything, plus wear 17 masks, you know, it's like they give the ridiculousness so that the narrative will crumble, but only to give way to what they want. It's like that will crumble so that you'll now buy this and people I think are already buying the next stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm kind of nervous about too. I, I don't know if you've been following stuff that's happening in Canada here. Cause I think it's hit Australia a little bit with the truckers. And um, while I think it's, it's important to kind of keep both sides of these kind of things in mind. Um, it is interesting to see if this does do something with lifting some sort of mandates. It is, it sort of like behooves us to really think about what, what could be on the tail end of that. Um, I don't, I don't think it's obviously very good all the time to think about, oh, this is a psyop, that's a psyop. And then this is going to usher in this stuff. You got to kind of, you know, build what you want to build, but I think it's interesting to keep those things in mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really think everything's a psyop because everything's a construct of the mind and almost everything that plays out results from a mind virus, which was the origination because most of what we're dealing with is non-physical that then just becomes physical. It's just, we just see the expression or the end result of something that was in the ether that most people have no, no idea about. So even if something's good, it's a psyop generally. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily make that wrong or a bad thing because people need to play out 
what they need to play out in order to gain wisdom from their experience. So I'm not against stuff. I personally am not, uh, you know, uh, directly supporting any of these trucker uh, things, but it's, it's totally fine if people, if that's their calling and that's their jam, then I say, go for it. You know, I support that, but I don't quite support the trucking uh, convoys in Australia or Canada. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's similar to Australia in a way that, Canada is so vast and it's so spread out that you'll never see the amount of numbers you'll see in London or Paris or something like that, where people are coming together to say enough's enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So at least for me, what I've really enjoyed is just seeing from literally one side of Canada to the other at like every overpass, every gas station, thousands of people coming out and voicing like how they're just kind of fed up with this. But I've learned a lot from you to think about, you know, okay, great. You can kind of voice your concern, but Hey, if you're not building what you want, you're kind of just giving all that power to them. And what I've been trying to instill with people that are close to me with everything that's going on is this shouldn't be an ask. There shouldn't be an ask for them. Can you please lift this stuff? Cause we're all kind of whatever here. It's more saying it should be at least we're done. We're not doing this anymore. We're just going to tell you that. And then we're going to go back to our lives and we're not doing masks. We're not doing vaccine passports. We're not doing any of that kind of stuff. It just seems like it is that giving giving back of the power to the people who are enforcing this stuff to say, can we please have our lives back as opposed to doing that? No, we're done. Yeah, it's it's like, it's begging. Uh, the Simpsons did it when they had Kang and Kodos, which are the two aliens that take up the, the two-party system of the presidents that they have to vote for. And then they're like, you know, you'll, you'll beg, you guys beg to be ruled like a king you know like for us to be kings to rule you sort of thing and, and it's true because if people weren't begging for that there would be no such thing as not only two-party systems but presidents in general there would be a, there would be a kind of community leaders there would be community council of elders of wise men and women but not presidents presiding over entire nations which is an impossibility to actually properly lead and it's not about leadership so this is the whole thing like imagine if everybody was on every overpass and every you know uh, city center and park, but they were planting stuff or they were creating like that. It this is the thing, Rob. It's not a bad thing because it shows what are we capable of if we unite for a common purpose. What are we capable of? But what people are doing is they're taking that beautiful thing and they're directing it at the wrong thing <laughs> you know it's like hey we take that same energy that same intention but create something with it you know it's i think people are missing the point of what they're able to do two examples of that one christmas which i'm not a fan of but what does it do people are generally in a good mood you walk down the street and even strangers who would not ordinarily look at you not everybody but a lot of the time they're like hey how's it going happy christmas or something just to a stranger that's a beautiful thing, right? That's the best of human nature. But come February, March, April, they're always like, Rrr. you know, like, get out of here. I don't want to look at you sort of thing. So it's like a fake, it's like a fake thing, but it's, it's real in the moment. It just doesn't last. And likewise, you've got, say, the Twin Towers, which was a massive psyop and a massive uh, false flag. But what it did was it galvanized the human spirit to go, to all come together. So the blacks, the Asians, the, the you know, the, the Italians, the everybody in that melting pot of New York City and, and throughout, well, America and the whole world was like on board with this common purpose of the human spirit to rebuild and to help each other out. And instead of punching each other in the head or swearing in the streets, they were all picking up stuff together or picking each other up together, you know? 
But then a few months later, they're just like, oh, your mother, this and you, you, you know, same, same thing. So imagine if people took that and applied it, like intentional application. And that's just what's missing. And, you know, the powers that be know that. So they don't particularly care. I think they're, they're just going like this, you know, with, with what's happening. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I that listening to you, listening to Owen, all those kind of things, it's really put that that mindset into me and going, okay, I can I can look at this, take a critical eye on this. You can, it's not necessarily attaching yourself to it or against it or what anything. It's just kind of just looking at it for what it is and how it can be used. And the one thing that I'm I'm just like I'm taking from it that's really inspiring is that for two years, they've been trying to tell, especially Canadians, because all we hear is 90% or for this and, and all jabbed up and all that kind of stuff. But now you can physically see from one side of the country to the other, there's people that are fed up. Now, it might be channeled in the wrong way, but I think it's it's a nice wake up call for people to think to at least know that they're not alone in their thinking. And now at the water cooler or online or talking to someone, they can say, yeah, kind of enough's enough here and not think that they're alone. There's at least that kind of thing. But I do, I do get where Owen's talking about with, it's very easy to just go, Oh, look, the supply chains are down. Why? Because all you guys are in, in uh, Ottawa, you know, protesting this stuff or whatever. But I do think a lot enough people are now seeing that because they're trying to say there's Nazi stuff and there's Confederate, whatever, and you can just go online. Like we know, obviously it's all, it's all lies anyways, but you can go online and see them kicking out the person with the Confederate flag. And the guy, the guy there is the only one with like a full balaclava, like ski mask on everyone else has got their face and they're like, get out of here, all this kind of stuff. And, and then you watch them talking in the politics and all that kind of stuff. And they're saying the same thing over and over again. So I think it's, it's good. And people can see that they're just bold faced line. They have nothing there, but like you said, it's, it's channeling that in kind of the right way where it's just the same story over and over again. I think it's not about giving that power back to them, but I think it's because if they, if they change this narrative, I can easily see people going like, yeah, I know this easily that, Oh, the supply chains are down. It's because everyone, all the trucks are in Ottawa. I think enough of them are going to be like, yeah, well, again, we're, we're trying to tell you that we've had enough. And then people, and then like the politicians are saying in Ottawa, look, guys, we get it. You guys, we've, you've made your point, but we got to get the people back in Ottawa. We got to get back their city. They got to get back to normal. They got to get back to normal lives. And it's just like, dude, that's the argument. <laughs> like, that's what we're saying. We're trying to tell you that like enough's enough. We want to get back to normal lives. And you guys are using the same thing to like get you, get us out of Ottawa. And I think it's just, it's so clear that I don't know if they're purposely saying that because it's so like on its face, that's our argument, but it's wild, man. But I, I think enough people are kind of seeing it now. So I just wondering if you think it's hitting critical mass at this point and what maybe might be on the other side of this. Well, not real. I mean, that's why I, you know, these things are cool because you just get to see where people are at and where people are at is they're still really young. Like even the so-called awake people or truth of people are very much not really awake or, or truthful. They're living their own truth, which is great. Can't argue with that. But I think they're yet to see a much bigger picture. And a lot of them still have these childlike tendencies and traumas that are playing out throughout these sorts of movements. And it's why they latch on them in the first place, because if they didn't have that, they would realize that they don't need their bottle. And the bottle is these big groups of people doing these things that they're not really sure what's going on. They're just getting caught up in the hype. And it's not wrong. It's, it's just, uh, you know, it's an indication of where people are at. So personally, I think that's great because you wonder, right? You go, how many people are switched on? Um, so you're seeing a lot of people who don't like what's going on, but 
obviously aren't switched on because of the way that they're currently behaving, but it's a good indication of numbers because like you said, the government or the media, I should say, will say that 90% of people are vaccinated. Now we have the same numbers touted in Australia. So obviously it's a media number that they'll put in every country. We're up to 90% vaccination now. Of course they're not. That's a made up number. So it shows the reality when people look around and they see, I mean, realistically a lot of people going to these events are vaccinated because they're also like dude i don't want to get six more of these things you know i actually do want to go back to work or i do want to uh, go and visit my family or something so yeah it's good it, that that element of it's good but for me all it is it's just an indication i just go i can take a broad sweeping look and say well this is where people are really at and they're still really in that childlike state and so uh that's just how things are right? as far as a critical mass um, this is like the illusion or the inversion is that there's a critical mass of asking the government to do something, but there's not a critical mass in actually changing anything because people aren't yet changing themselves. There's still, like I said, the planned obsolescence is now going to mean that they will buy something new, but they don't realize they don't need to buy anything yet. But that's the thing. They don't, they, there's not a critical mass for that yet, only in the planned ob obsolescence version of a critical mass. Yeah, I, I agree with that, man, because I think there's a, there's a lot of people and credit, credit, honestly, credit to you guys knowing this from from before. And I was tuned into you guys and going, these guys definitely know what they're talking about here, because it was like, as soon as I did this a lot, I think you were one of the first ones like, well, don't rely on these systems to for, for your food, for your sustenance and stuff like that. Like go to local farms, and all that kind of stuff. And I actually found a local farm here, grass fed, grass finished, everything, organ meats, all that stuff. And they're a part of Bertaria. And they give discounts for people who are bears. And I was like, you know, and, and I had a relationship with this guy um, beforehand, before I knew that. And then I checked their site or something, or I was on Bear Tari Times and I saw them on there and I was like, holy shit. So I reached out to him. I was like, I didn't know you were listening to this. And he was like, yeah, man, I, I love Owen. I've been listening to him for the past two years or whatever going on. And I was like, this, that's, that's it, right? And I just feel like a lot of these like truth or things there are a bunch of, you know, sometimes like schlubby dudes that are just like, oh, everything's a soil, man. And then it's like, yeah, they're breaking down the supply chains. It's like, dude, if you've known this for two years and you haven't secured that, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how have you, what, like, what are you doing with yourself? Yeah, it's all a learning experience because this is the thing for a lot of people, these, everything's a construct of the mind, not, not only the mandates and these convoys and that, but like the way society is structured and where food comes from and where, who owns what who occupies what it's kind of that's all this mind stuff that's why i said it's all a side but it, it's all originated from mind viruses because that's where it all for me anyway that's that's what i have experienced to see that it's where it begins and um but that's human nature but we've seen that so many times where people live in places where it's like that place floods yeah i'm still going to build a house on it no but every few years it really floods you know like as in you're not going to have a house yeah i, I like this spot and it's like, you know, they're building their deck and that dude, it floods here. Yeah, no, no, it's good. I like it. It's close to the shops. It's close to the school. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And then, you know, the next big rains that come, the place floods. And they're like, oh, oh, it's flooding. It's like, yeah, I know. But you knew that. Like, why didn't you prepare differently? And, and But this is human nature. We, in general, until people do grow up to become an adult, the kid in people will always just go, yeah, but it's close to the shops. Oh, yeah, but it's easy to get money. Oh yeah, but it's like, I can just go get takeout whenever I want it. Or it's close to plenty of girls or guys or whatever, you know? It's just, we gravitate towards comfort and convenience, which of course is the realm of the ego. 
and we move away generally from wanting to create for ourselves. Therefore, we accept by agreement what is created by others and what people create they own. So that's why I don't get why people are complaining about stuff. I mean, I do get it because I know that they're like, they're young. They're young in an evolutionary sense, not, not necessarily a biological sense. And so that's just where we're at, you know, it's just, and it's okay, <laughs> but it's just, it's easy to see once you've been through it a bit yourself and you know the behavior, or I should just say, I know the behavior because I was like that. I was, I had a victim mentality. I had a people owe me stuff mentality. I had a, um, a lack of energy, a lack of physical and spiritual energy, which led me towards some convenience and wanting that. And so I get it, you know, that's why I don't judge people for it, but I, I do like to just lay things out the way I see it and people just will take that however they can or will or won't. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think, so one of the angles, I can take this so many different ways, but I, I, one of the angles that I wanted to, to touch on with you on the second chat was the idea of the lawful versus legal side of things. And um, just because what you were talking about there, just every time I, I listen to you talk about those kind of things, again, it's just benefits and privileges versus freedom, rights and freedoms, right? And a lot of it is that, you know, what you're calling forth is what you're kind of asking for. But again, your rights and freedoms aren't free. There are a lot of work to keep involved with that stuff. And it's not guaranteed you have to work for it, but benefits and privileges are all free. They're all this great thing, but you don't know what you're giving up if that's kind of the case. And uh, one, if you want to maybe expand upon that, but two, um, I just want to maybe clarify for some of these people, because I've heard you talk about this a lot. And there's a lot of these kind of different things going on in the world right now of uh, sending in affidavits and, you know, uh, in, um, fighting back in that kind of regard. But what I've noticed, especially with my work with Dr. Graves and the jurisdictionary courses and understanding a little bit of like the actual lawful, the, the legality side of how to do certain things, like open up a lawsuit or something, because I feel like a lot of people put these things in and then they do just get ignored because technically they don't have to respond to them. And you, it's not just sending them in in registered mail and being like, okay, I'm done. These guys are going to like crumble. Someone's the postmaster general and like the whole thing's going to fall down. And, uh, but you kind of have to follow these things up with people. And then I just feel like some of this stuff, when they go into the, some of the, um, the more lawful side of things, there is even that victim, there is that, um, not the victim mentality, but what you're talking, the entitlement and mentality of, well, I have this friggin' account here that apparently has all this money in it. So like, I don't, I don't need to do anything. And it, all this is based on my labor in the future and all this kind of stuff. And I should have access to all that kind of, it's all, it's that same kind of mentality, right? So there's a lot there, yeah, but I was wondering if you want to take up any of those points. Well, yeah, well, part of it, Rob, is that a lot of people have this, I want my cake and eat it too. I mean, that's the point of having a cake is to eat it, I guess. It's not just to look at it, but it's uh, what I mean is that a lot of people kind of want, they're, they, they're, they're split. So their, their intention and their energy is not unified. They're too split, they're too fragmented where they go, I don't like the government, but I want them to provide me with this. And I don't want that, I'm free, but, but you know, govern me hard and daddy kind of thing in many ways because they don't quite get it. They don't, and that's why they don't get what they want because they're not, they don't have integrity and they don't have like a, um, yeah, well, you know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at there. It's just they're not whole in that respect. As soon as you apply yourself diligently with proper focus into any area, there's nothing that'll stop you from succeeding, except for you stopping to try or you quit. But you, if you if you say to if you have this right, most people will get this kind of analogy. You you set out your goals and your vision board, and you're doing your manifesting and stuff, and you're like, I want to be a millionaire. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna make ten grand a week. 
And then by April, I'm going to be a millionaire. But if at the same time, your core belief about money is that it's evil and you don't deserve stuff because of the way you were treated when you were young, you've got opposing energies that are not going to bring you anything. One will cancel the other out. So I think a lot of people will get that kind of analogy when it comes to, you know, like, oh, I want, I want a beautiful wife, but I don't feel like I deserve the love of women or I think I'm ugly or whatever, you know, they'll, they won't work together. So then the same thing applies when people go, oh, what? There's this corporate, there's this corporatocracy or whatever you want to call that. It's just, I don't want that. That's shit and that's bad and that's wrong. And I'm a man and I'm a, a woman and I'm free. You know, that's why I don't get when people go to, places and put up big hippie banners that say freedom and they just chant freedom and i was like you're literally affirming you don't have it it's an ideal it's something you have no idea a you don't know what it is b even if you had it you wouldn't know what to do with it and c you actually don't want it that that's the underlying premise of all of this when people are out there doing that they literally do not want freedom it's um it's like when people are ill sometimes and they've been sick for a long time, they literally don't want to get better. There's such an identity wrapped up. They get their, they get their sob story. They get potential commiserations and uh, you know, sympathy from other people. There's an embedded part of them that actually does not ever want to be better. And there's an embedded part of most people in their psyche, this is the mind virus, that, that does not ever want to be free. They will always provide a way for themselves, create for themselves a way that is essentially a prison. You've probably seen it yourself, Rob. You know, a lot of people, they say they want free time, right? And free time might start to open up and immediately they'll fill it with stuff that they don't need to do. They'll enroll in another university course. Like, dude, you've got a degree. Why are you going back to school? You know, why have you never done anything with that and built something for yourself? They will actively avoid doing that. And most people actively avoid being free because at the end of the day, it's a state of being. So when you said, Rob, that some of the stuff you're learning about, it's not necessarily about the affidavits or the processes. That's just an extension and a far reaching extension of this inner element that knows what it is. And, and, and all it's doing is a formality. You know, an affidavit is like a formality. It's like, I know I'm free. You know I'm free. You don't rule shit in the living world. Uh, I know your game. You know I know it. And here's a little piece of paper that, can, that affirms it. The affirmation or the, the affidavit. It affirms that. But when people don't know that and there's not this underlying energetic metaphysical equivalent that surrounds all of that, then they put all of their hope, you know, people are calling that hopium at the moment, their hope into this piece of paper that's going to do all the work for them. Mm. But all it does is affirms that they have no idea of who they are. You know, it's yep. just, it's this backwards, in everything's the inversion, even when it starts coming down to, to being part of your own truth, a lot of that is still inverted. And so this is the core element is just, just being free, just be it. You know, don't ask for it, don't wish for it, like be it. It's the same principle with anything. Don't, you don't hope somebody will make you healthy. Like, Rob, can you teach me how to eat and how to move? And some of that's good for guidance, but they've got to do it. You just got to be healthy. You have a healthy mindset. You have a healthy way of being. And then the rest is an extension. You eat good food. You think good thoughts. You associate with good people. You spend more, in time, more time in nature because it is an, a, an extension of this core state of being. 
So is that kind of what you meant by that question or do you want to? Well, yeah, no, that's for, for the one section, I, there was like three questions wrapped up in that, but that's, that's, that's exactly what I was kind of talking about with this entitlement of I'm now free. Oh, by the way, there's this like trust with a fucking zillion dollars in it and I, I should have it all. But um, just, if you want to touch on the uh, people who do the affidavit side of things and just like in Canada, they're just ignoring all that stuff. You know, there's been some, some successes that Crow's talked about in uh, places in America. Um, but it seems like they're just kind of totally ignoring it here in Canada. But what I've learned with like Dr. Graves's course, the jurisdictionary stuff, like understanding at least how to open up a lawsuit. And then if you can get that document you sent to them into the court document, then, then you can start moving down that line. And I think some people might listen to some of the stuff that you and some other people are, are like um, saying, Hey, here's, here's an option for you. But then they put all of their stakes on in that. And then if nothing happens, like, Oh man, like this is like the worst thing ever, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's a stepping stone to actually enforce your rights kind of thing. It's then it's, it's maybe I'm wrong, but it's sort of, you're trying to tell them, here's my, here's my rights. If you overstep them, this is what's going to happen. And then they can just overstep them. And if you don't do anything, it's like, you know, that, that can kind of happen. So I'm just wondering, uh, have you found that with all your experience with the law stuff that you, you've, you've had to learn how to actually like go to the system in terms of like the court and understand how to initiate these things, because that's how you actually get stuff done. Yeah. Uh, Firstly, it is different in the different countries, even though they're all Commonwealth countries. America, you will actually have more success with that, more so than Canada and Australia because of the underlying structure uh, and the way that they were built and formed. There's slight differences there. The premise, though, is exactly the same. But really, Rob, all that's happening is it's simple. There's an offer. There's an acceptance or a non-acceptance slash negotiation. And then depending on what happens with, within any of those constructs, an agreement is formed. That's all that happens. So all you're looking to do by setting up that, the offer is to affirm that you're a living being and then there'll be an acceptance or a non-acceptance or a negotiation. Well, I mean, non-acceptance is negotiation essentially. And then an agreement will be formed. And if they, if they don't accept and you allow that, you're forming, you're forming the agreement. So it's not that the, the processes or the papers don't do anything. Like them ignoring it is, an, is a counteroffer. It's a negotiation. And if people just go, it didn't work. Well, guess what? It didn't work. That's the agreement. It, it, it didn't work. But the thing is that they didn't work because they didn't know how to hold their position. They didn't know what was going on within this very, very simple realm of offer, acceptance on negotiation, form an agreement. That's it. It's just that over and over and over. Like literally, that's what you can boil it down to every single time. There's so much within even that that is part of this childlike thing. I mean, even, you know, the trusts, that's legit. When we're, when we're set up, when we're born, and they move us in this mirror image world from the living, which is the private, and into the public, which is that of entities and non-living. And fiction, well, that's where the trust is. The trust isn't in the living world. It's in the fictional world, which mm. makes it fictional. It could be 50 trillion billion billion times a trillion infinity money it's all fiction it doesn't matter but the, the it's it's a trap because then the, the people are going oh no i'm a man and i'm a wooden and i'm living and i want my trust it's like where are you getting that from you're getting it from that fictional world it's a trap it's a lure like who doesn't want a hundred million dollars i'd love a hundred million dollars i'd have seventeen thousand guitars and a nice no, joke but you know what i mean it's like it's it's a trap is what i'm saying and it's set up for that reason because that's how they trade on that because it gives them power, not because of the money, but because it drains the living beings who are operating in that system and they 
extract that energy. They don't give a shit about the money. Money's irrelevant. The money is a tool to circulate energy. Uh, fear, depression, overworking oneself, where's that energy going? If it's not unified within you, it's not created nor destroyed, it only transmits. That leaves it open. If you're not claiming it, it's open for somebody else to claim. That's how agreements work. That's how natural law works, which commerce and the fictional side is all based on. It's just the flipped version. So this is why uh, it's so important to just know yourself and not be not not be divergent like that, which is what we were talking about before, which is saying, I want to, I'm a living man. The government can't do anything for me. I'm not a this. And it's like, but I want my trust money. Bang, you just fell into the trap again. Well done. You know, that's the genius of their game. And it is all an offer. No one's making anyone do it. No one's making anyone get vaccinated. That's why these things I don't personally support because they're like, drop the mandates. It's like, what mandates? A mandate is an offer. If you don't accept it, it's not there. So it's just, everything's backwards. You know what I mean? So uh, it's just, it's a fundamental knowing of the self and getting to know things. And that's, it's a journey. <laughs> you know, you don't just learn it because you hear it in a podcast and go, well, I know that now. You know, it took me years to develop. So yeah. that's why I don't look down on people that are doing this because it's where they're at. It's like they are, they are in a sense of purity uh, living by and expressing from exactly where they are, which makes it right. But for me to be part of that would be a, a convoluted divergence of where I'm at and probably where you're at. You know, it's kind of, so it's, this is why it's, you can't say something's right or wrong because it's like right or wrong for whom? Like food, you know, is meat right or wrong? Is it good or bad? Well, who's it going into? It just, it so depends on that. And that's where we're at with all of this. But I guess as well, just because you mentioned the lawful and legal, it's very simple. Legal applies to that public world of fiction and entities and non-living. And lawful applies in the world of substance, which is for the living. And uh, it's as simple as that. So lawful pertains to things such as harm and loss. Because you can't cause harm or loss to something that's not living or it's a piece of paper. You can only do that in the fictional legal realm and le legalities only apply to entities. They don't apply to the living. But when the living says that, hey, I'm living, but give me these things that apply to the non-living, well, then now you're mixing, not only are you mixing jurisdictions, that's the surface thing, but what you're doing is you're mixing yourself up. You, you don't know who you are. If you're mixed up, you don't know who you are. It's like, I identify as a woman. And I'm a 41-year-old man with a beard. It's like, if I identify with a woman, I don't know who I am. And therefore, by divine natural law, if I don't know who I am, well, somebody else can take, somebody else can decide for me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's no such thing as no decision. If you don't make a claim on something, somebody else, it's, it's open. It's open for others to make that claim. And that's what happens. That's why people are constantly put in these states of confusion and delusion and inversions because it opens them up to occupation by these entities that, that know this stuff, that do it on purpose. And that's why they set humans up to go and occupy uh, Ottawa or Canberra or Wall Street or whatever. It's like, it's because you're not occupying yourself then. So then they get to do it. While you're over there tooting your horn and stuff, they're occupying that space that you should ordinarily have not only juris jurisdiction, but dominion over.
And so, yeah, I, hope, I think maybe I'll just break it down as simply as I could, but that's kind of... Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. That's that's what I've been trying to say in, in a couple of my intros because I'm trying to get people to go to, over to the jurisdictionary course and, and learn these kind of things because you hear you see all this you know motivational stuff on Instagram and whatnot. It's like no one's coming to save you, man. It's like someone you know lifting weights or doing kettlebell swings and stuff. And it's like yeah, also no one's coming to save you to enforce your rights. Like the stuff that's not pretty and not whatever and like it doesn't give you a good body and like a nice ass to look at and all that kind of stuff. Like that stuff is just as important as the other. You know, like those are the kind of things that I. Um, the, the fact that through keeping my ear to the ground of what's actually happening here, coming across guys like you and other people that have been talking about this has been so, um, life-changing to me is because it's, those things are just as important as your physique, as your mentality, as your spirituality is to basically, I've been saying this to, to someone that's close to me too, is what I want to do like right now is just be very, very quietly dangerous in that sort of thing of like, you know, I'm not going to do anything, but if you cross this line you know, I have the means to take everything from you kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to do anything, but this we're, we're not, we're playing for keeps here. You know what I mean? It's, it's getting to that kind of state. And I'm wondering how much of, I don't know if these two, two questions kind of really flow in together, but I'm just going to kind of try like with people being emotionally, like you were saying, emotionally tied to their illnesses or, or their victimhood and stuff like that. How emotionally tied are people to this narrative and what, to what extent with, just in general, before even COVID with all this, you know, um, self-esteem stuff that we were kind of dealing with in the world, how much tough love is needed now where it's, you know, Oh, I want to lose weight. Okay. Well, what's your diet? Well, I'm not, I'm not eating vegetables. I can't do that. It's like, okay, well, what are you doing for your exercise? Like, Oh, I'm not exercising either. You know, at what point do you have to just be like, look, don't waste my time. I'm not going to see you anymore. If you're not serious about this, you can't, you know, get to where you want to be. If you're not going to make sacrifices, but this world that we're occupying is just all about flowers and rainbows and, you know, just your feelings and whatnot. And yeah, just, I don't know if you kind of have a, a barometer as to like how much tough love is needed and how much of this emotionally kind of, you know, people are scarred right now because they don't even understand how much brainwashing is going on. Um, I just wondering your thoughts on that. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> There's a, let me think. So one way of looking at it is that everything's okay how it is. Everything's always perfect. Everything is all, it's in, all an internal thing. So if people were, instead of just keeping on pushing and projecting out and they turn around and they ask themselves, they go, am I happy? Am I content? And um, would I want things to be any different? And if the answer is no, then no one can, like the tough love will come by the creator, essentially. The tough love will come if they're discontent, if they're unhappy, if they are, you know, they're always searching or they're always, um, you know, the, the, there's just an unrest there. Um, but some people have that and it, and it drives them and they love it. They're like always on this thing, this next thing, this next thing, this next thing. And it, they, they're like, yeah, I'm happy, I'm content because they're on a ride. They're on like an adrenaline rush and they don't know any different. But then life may give them some kind of burnout or some kind of thing. And it's all okay because I brought up in a stream, I did one called uh, There's No COVID and No One's Coming for the Kids. And in that, I said that sometimes people who are devoutly uh, bought into a particular idea, like vaccines are horrible and they'll kill you, they're, they're almost upset that more people aren't dead who've gone and got the jab because them dying verifies or validates their belief system about what they feel is right and true and real and so this is 
it's no different in just the day-to-day. I don't think really we need personally to give people tough love. It's like this. I think maybe you're asking, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Rob, maybe you're asking like, how much do you need to, or like us in general, how much does an individual need to do to give tough love to somebody who is expressing childlike tendencies? Because if they are a kid and they're like, they're just always whinging and now I want lollies now and they got that kind of tone and they don't want to do what they're told and they're not being disciplined. It's like, well, tough love is necessary then. Um, Pulling them into line, you know, uh, in whatever way that that looks, which they don't like. They don't like that, but it's good for them. It sets them up well for life in general. That's the tough love you're speaking of. Uh, So then the question I'm hearing is, is it necessary for us to give that to our brothers and sisters who are the same biological age, but are still having childlike tendencies? Do we need to give it? Is that kind of what you're asking or is it something different? Well, it's kind of, maybe if I can rephrase it in this kind of way, it's difficult for me, like the different, the the sort of balance between empathy for people who truly are under a spell that's going on right now. And also the idea that you guys, maybe I'm saying this the wrong way, because you're, you're very much of like, you know, what you, what you focus on is what you call forth, but there are some kind of dangerous paths to go down here with the social credit system and all that kind of stuff. And it's sort of like, you guys don't know what's going on. So it's, it's okay that, you know, you, what I'm hearing, what I'm thinking about a lot is that forgive them father. They know not what they do. You know, it's, it's, they don't, they cannot comprehend what's going on because they won't look at it. So it's the empathy that they don't know what's going on, but it's also like, they won't look at it. So how do you balance that kind of like, look, you're, you guys are kind of ushering in or not looking at like how, how deeply serious this issue is because you won't look at it. So it's kind of like riding that balance between like empathy and, you know, screaming at them in the face. Gotcha. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. So basically, I think you answered your own question because all texts like the Bible and, and other spiritual texts speak of the same thing. It's, you've always got to forgive. You've always got to forgive those who, who just don't know any better, essentially. And it's also not a responsibility of ours. I find that if you hide truth, that's a sin. Sin meaning to miss, to miss whatever, the opportunity or what have you. And so if somebody is there expressing and you don't give any kind of, you don't have to teach them, don't have to tell them they're wrong. You just need to offer a hand, which is essentially planting a seed. Whether that seed grows or not is not your responsibility. Mm. But as custodians of the earth, to give an analogy, it is our responsibility to plant seeds. What happens with that is out of our control for the most part. So for me, if somebody is having that, and bear in mind, when you said that they won't hear it, it's actually impossible for them to hear it. Not that they won't, they'll refuse to look at it. It's actually impossible. For me, this physical construct or what we experience is literally just an expression of, it's a matrix of our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, our energetics, essentially. And so if that structure does not the energy, the, the structure of that, whatever it is, it like resonates or whatever hurts or whatever, let's say. If, if the reality of something is, is up here and it would represent a different shape, so to speak, and they're a triangle and the truth represents a circle, they will disintegrate. Like they'll, it's literally a death. That's why in, uh, they're always parables, but it's always talking about the death and the resurrection. What people often need to experience is a death it will feel like they're literally going to die. My heart will stop. My body will cease to function. But what it is, it's a death of 
a, a construct, as I said earlier, construct of the mind, which then if you think of the expression of a construct of the mind, it constructs something like that. It's a construct, it's constructive. So a metaphysical becomes physical. And what would happen is they would cease to exist. They only are capable of resonating at that structure, which is why we're all different. We're all evolutionarily, is that a word? Different. Biologically look the same, but that's the illusion. We're evolutionarily different. And we've, we resonate at different frequencies. So some of us are capable of uh, taking in large amounts of, let's call it truth, uh, just for a, a reference. And others aren't because they literally don't have the capacity. They, they, in their current state, would cease to exist if that were to enter into that construct that they occupy. And that's why it's not, a, it's not just a refusal. Part of them has to die to fall away, to let that new resonance in. And that's why it's so difficult. And some people are gifted that, as in they're chosen to have the opportunity to experience massive trauma or loss, such as I lost everything. I lost my family or I lost I don't know, money, hundreds of thousands of dollars in a business deal, or I lost um, whatever, you know, a big loss. I lost a leg. That's enough to open people up because part of them did have to die. That having that leg led to the construct of who and what they are and what life is. As soon as you don't have a leg, that all changes. So your construct changes mm. and therefore where you resonate changes and you may be open to, or it's just an offer because as you've probably seen, some people close off completely. They're like, this is so unfair. Life's fucked. Like how could this is, you know, and then, and they just, they just dissolve into this or they devolve into something that is a gnarled, angry, uh, you know, um, they just got a lot of resentment towards stuff and they'll just die out like that. Whereas other people can open up from that. It's all an offer. Offer, acceptance, non-acceptance or negotiation forms an agreement. So realistically, it's not just that they, are, they can't, it's more that they won't and they are young and they're not ready yet. Uh, the, the potential is still there. It, it's, there's infinite potentialities and possibilities, but at the moment, it's just not the expression and that's okay. So for us, the thing for people who can see a bit more than others is part, the first part is where you just become angry, where you're like, come on, people, like you're wrecking it for me. You know, like I've, I was like that growing up, you know, especially as I'd had a, I was a, a wakeish, so to speak, coming through school and made me real angry. And then getting a license and driving on the road and just people are lemmings. And I'm like, people are retarded. It makes me angry that they would be so uh, inconsiderate or just self-absorbed. I'm like, what is this? Like, it, it makes you angry until you can grow beyond that to the acceptance of where things are and stop being so righteous about stuff. And that's the offer for those that are uh, beginning that awakening process because you start to feel, you go, this is a bit weird. This is really unfair. This is not the, the sunshine, roses and palm trees I thought I was seeing. It's all, there's all this other insidious stuff in there. And then realizing that other people are supporting that. And we feel that because we no longer are, they shouldn't. And that's our projection. That's like, I do this, therefore everyone else should, but we're only in this because of them. That's the next level of, un well, that was my next level of understanding. So that brings some level of, oh, okay, well, that makes, so we go, we, we up level somewhere and then it makes us angry. And then we are, oh, oh, no, oh, I get it now. I get this level now. 
And then from there, we're able to move to another one. But until we have that acceptance and knowing of what is, we'll still be at that one. And a lot of people are in that, you know, and it's like the 12 steps to AA kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So you can become sober. To waking up. Yeah. Well, I, I thought that yeah. same thing too about frequency and it's sort of, you, you can't, if you're listening to two different radio stations, or sorry, you can't listen to two different radio stations, and one person can say, there is the coolest song bumping on this one station, can you hear it? And like, no, I can't. And they, it's true, because they actually can't, because they're not locked into that frequency. But, you know, people don't want to turn off the one song they got playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, but the way I see it is this, Rob, is to use the same knowledge before, is to let them know. It's like, did you know the Stairway to Heaven's playing over on Rock FM or, or whatever? And they're like, what's this Rock FM thing? They'll either, they'll either hear it or they won't. But you planted a seed, it's gone in regardless. They might, they might immediately be going, hey, well, really? I was kind of sick of this. I, I didn't know there was other music. Where is it? How, how do I find it? How do I tune in this radio? And then they hear it, they're like, whoa, this is different. Or they're like, what are you talking about? There's no other music. What are you talking about, Rob? You're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. As if there's another channel. There's only one channel, Rob. You know, you, what are you doing? You know, and then they get that they, they'll put that, you know, or bash you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What I find so funny then, they, well, they keep saying conspiracy theory, but it's sort of like what part of the conspiracy is still a theory to you guys? But I, you know, I I, I know what you mean, right? It's it's like, and I, I felt that sometimes a lot of the time with wanting to do that was more it was it was my own thing about being like i need to be the person to wake people up and i remember listening to one of your streams like it's not there is no part of you because sometimes it kind of feels that way right because you're like look man you could really get harmed and you can blah 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 and you want to be that savior kind of complex person and it's like i've heard you say that before about you know sometimes like you have to let them drink that last bottle and hit bottom and it's not up to you to kind of rip it out of their hands it's just the frustration that i have and one of the guys i was working with in the summer on one of the bears on the crew out in bc was he said it so perfectly which was like the the, the problem i find with that is like with the trivium right and you kind of gather all of your your logic to make your understanding and then have the wisdom to move forward is their logical system like their internal operating system of all the logic that they're gathering is a complete data set because they're only looking at the one data set but they're not expanding into the other ones and i think that's the kind of frustration here but yeah it's it's that it's the balance i'm trying to find man where it's it's sort of not being that kind of uh, savior complex kind of guy, but also kind of having the empathy for um, not knowing what tunes are on the other stations, but also like some, yeah. it just, it's some kind of, it's, yeah, it's just difficult because it's kind of like, it does seem like some crazy stuff is being ushered in and uh, it seems like people are not really, you know, facing music, but you know, it's, 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 I'm just, it's just something that I'm struggling with to find that balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the last ones that, was a uh, one of the last things that I had to grow through was having that um, I told you so mm. uh, feeling. So to use the analogy of like, if you tell them, it's like, you know, the drink's not really doing any, you any good. You could just do this. There's this opportunity. And they're like, nah, man. And they just still going to do it. And they just, when they get to that rock bottom, part of me was always like, don't come to me for help. I told you, you know, you should have just listened to me. You know, uh, that, that's one of the things over the last, you know, like probably in the last decade was the thing that I was working through, you know, getting beyond just righteousness or uh, anger at people for not for not thinking better. It's It was then the whole thing of, well, don't come to me if you take the jab, you know, or, or don't come to me if you do this. Like I told you that was going to happen. Like lit I literally told you that was going to happen and it did. Um, don't come to me now. You know, I, I had to get over that because 
there is that whole element of yes, that is true. But at the end of the day, we don't all, uh, that's still causing separation and that's still righteousness. And that's, you know, it's another level of, of softening into that element. So that was something that I had to go through uh, and realistically still do because I'm like, why can't I just do the stuff that I want to do? Like you guys are hindering that. So then, uh, you know, there's that aspect of just, just coming into realizing that we're, we're all where we're at. So they're where they're at and that's okay. And it's also okay that some of us are a little more switched on as much as that might sound arrogant or whatever. We're just further along than other people. And we've got to realize that that's okay. It's like, that's for a reason and it's okay. It's okay that we're wired in a way that can potentially lead to frustration or anger or apathy very easily. But it's up to us to form an agreement as to whether that does destroy us because it will. It doesn't serve us. None of those feelings of righteousness or, or anything will actually serve us because they, they all detract from some part of the system in the, in the being. So then therefore it doesn't serve us. And the lesson I feel or the, the gift or the lesson that's available, if we choose to accept it, is that it, it's more about just coming together in, uh, because it's something that's greater than us. You know what I mean? It's like that, even if we see it as below us, it's something that is greater than just us as an individual. So for me, that was something I really had to uh, uh, meditate on and work, work towards. Yeah, because I think it's that balance between having that compassion and openness to to open your heart in that kind of way, but also not allowing all of that energy to just be exposed to that kind of thing and be um, be hurt in that kind of way. Like you're saying about like, um, you know, I told you this was going to happen to, to sort of uh, combat yourself from just constantly getting berated by putting yourself out there so much and then getting, uh, yeah, it just, it's difficult with all this spiritual stuff and, and, and talking about kind of the deeper levels of things. There's so much airy fairy floating stuff with it, where it's hard to ride that balance of, you know, actually set, actually having that, that love and compassion, but also saying like, that's sort of like uh, do no harm, but take no shit kind of thing. Right. It's finding that kind of balance. Um, but I'm, I'm curious with that, with everything that is going on in the world, all these changes and everything like that, what does need to change in order for this to never happen again? Like if, if this stuff does, like, let's say the truckers finish this stuff, right. But we don't fundamentally learn what we need to learn. What is it that we do so that we never enter this dance again? Everyone just has to occupy himself. It's know yourself. That's it. There's nothing else. Everything else then will be an expression of that. Everything currently is an expression of not knowing thyself. So for things to change, if people know thyself, then the expression of that is going to look way different to what it looks like now, including governmental structures, including systems, including uh, forms of trade or uh, value, such as a currency that represents value. Uh, all that will be different if people come into themselves. And is that is that what you'd like us to to sort of move into here? Like what you know, what does that take really? Like I know I know you were talking about the death and like having actual sort of ego death in that kind of regard. Is it is it something that deep? Is that what you kind of see us heading yeah. into, and, or what you'd like? Yeah, to Yeah, it's say? a it's absolutely it's a metamorphosis. It's a metamorphosis of becoming a man or a woman from previously being a boy or a girl. That's what it is, and uh, and it does take like there's it's not a a mistake it's not like an old belief system or paradigm that, that needed to die off whereby the young went through a rite of passage a rite of passage is kind of like a caterpillar going into a chrysalis and it's like that's kind of like a death it's a death of the caterpillar to become the butterfly 
a butterfly metaphorically is more free than a caterpillar, although you could argue that it's not, but just, you know, in a metaphorical sense, it's like, yeah, look at it flying around and, and all that. It's all beautiful. And, you know, that's kind of the, the analogy. So it's really, it, I still think that that does need to occur because what's really happening is that, again, it's a, it's a construct. So then the construct is of the boy or girl in their mind's eye and that of those around them. So co-creating was this, that's now no longer, it's died off and it's now this. It gave birth to or died and rose into the phoenix becomes this. So I still think that, you know, honestly, too many people are still sucking on a teat and that's the only thing that needs to change. And with that, not just, well, there's more to it, <laughs> but that's the beginning of it. Right. Yeah. Well, we can have you back on here to kind of dive into these things a bit more, but what, last time I really kind of, cause you've, you've taken a bit of a hiatus from some, just to kind of get the, the censorship down on kind of some of your channels and whatnot, but uh, you were doing your run for mayor and then there was some, some stuff happening there. And I, I know you were kind of following up with some of those things, but uh, what's going on with that? What's going on with you just in general, or what are you kind of working on and, and all that kind of stuff? Well, the mayor thing was, so the electoral commission, which is a state government body, they screwed up in every possible way that they could screw up. They didn't follow due process. They allegedly did some kind of uh, discrimination against me personally because they let other people do things they didn't let me do. And then, so basically I'm going after them for costs and damages and to set a precedent. There's a lot going on with that that we I haven't put in the claim yet because I'm still deciding on what within what capacity am I going to make that claim? Small scale, large scale, private, public, whatever. I'm still, we're, we're very close to doing that. I'm in no rush to do it because it's like a watertight case as far as I'm concerned. So I'm just like, just seeing what, how that will play out. As far as what I'm doing in general, I did take a break from Instagram, YouTube, Facebook because I was banned already. YouTube gave me another ban. Um, Facebook was literally, I think I was getting three likes on a post, like literally no one could see what I was doing. Instagram, not so much, but people couldn't tag me and stuff. Like I was very shadow banned on Instagram as well. And the reason that I don't care, I'm like, give me my platform back. It's because it's not my platform. It's theirs. They created Instagram, Facebook, Google. It's theirs. And I know that part of knowing who you are is also knowing who and what others are and knowing your place in the jungle. That's really what I, uh, I know and it's theirs they can have it I, I personally don't really care uh, so it's not like people can't get the information because I have a website but if you look at how many views I get on YouTube for example it's five ten times the amount that's on the website now partially that's because people I'm the same I like to get stuff as easily as possible sometimes I don't watch uh, things on BitChute because fair play to YouTube their, their playback mechanism is far superior to everything else. It loads faster. It must use a better, a, a more efficient, whatever goes on in internet stuff, however that works, where stuff plays way better. And you can flick through stuff and it starts playing without you having to click on the video and you can actually hear the audio now as well, or it'll just play the subtitles. BitChute won't do that. So my own laziness will prevent me from listening or hearing or experiencing some people's content because YouTube does it easier and I'm, I'm more used to that. So I get it. But what I'm saying is that my content's there on the website, but very few people look at it there because they want it where like two extra clicks to get onto my site is too much. And that is an indication of where people are at. So people can't complain and go, well, I haven't been getting the information I wanted. It's there. <laughs> 
you did a little bit of work and by work, I'm not talking about hiking across the country and towing a boat behind you across the land. I'm talking about two clicks of a finger or a mouse. Yeah. You know, but we, but this is it. This is like the, the childlike state. I don't want to do that. And if, and if people don't want to do that, they can't be made to. And I accept that, but I'm just playing around with the algorithms because I've heard that the reason they give you a 30 day ban is because that's the time it takes for the algorithm to reset. So if you give yourself a 30 day rest, in theory, the algorithm should reset and more people can experience your content. And, um, you know, it may just have to be to play the game, to, to not be as outspoken as I currently am and to allude to stuff, but then just maybe have separate channels where I go, if you want to see that, you go here and then you'll lose at least 50% of people. So if you got 20,000 views on an Instagram video, that's easy for people to digest. And you go, if you really want to know what this is about, go here. At least half the people, more than half the people won't, won't go there because they're too lazy to, you know? Uh, and that's just how it is. That's the, the current construct of the world that we live in. And that's fine. So what else am I doing? I got back into surfing more. I literally surfed three times last year, three, maybe four in an entire year. It's my favorite thing to do. That's not healthy. <laughs> so I am surfing more. Um, yeah, pretty much it. Just trying to get a roof over my head and do, do some normal daily stuff. But I also plan to be doing a lot more content as well. Just less like one-on-one -on -one stuff because honestly it drained me. There was, there was, uh, it got to the point where I literally, literally keep struggling with that word even on stream, but literally, I literally couldn't open my emails anymore. Mm. Not just because of the amount that I got, but just because some people are so, uh, uh, it's just like weak. Like, please solve a problem for me, which I literally just solved for free in a stream or whatever. They still want me to tell them directly. And I'm like, just how did you not glean it from that video that made you contact me to ask about it? The answer's in it. How are you not seeing it? And I, I don't want to like call them weak for that or, or, you know, it's, but it's just that that straw that breaks the camera's back. You know, it's just, I physically couldn't open my emails anymore because it was just like, I can't do it. It's just too much. This isn't good for me. And I'm no good to anyone if I don't look after myself but there's this whole element then of thinking that you're failing people or that you're, uh, you know, like, no, I, I like, I actually, I need to, that's my thing that I do is I help people. And it's like just a simple question, but it's not really, you know, it's a very, very complex matrix of disempowerment and, and wanting answers for nothing and, and all this sort of stuff. And so, yeah, I'm really want to move away from doing individual stuff. It's not an ego thing. It's not that I'm too good for it. It's just that it's like, it's just, I, I feel that it's, I can only be a better help if I'm starting to broaden that, which means I'll do more workshops, webinars, seminars, that sort of thing. And I'll just do more streams because it's funny, you know, when I do workshops, like in-person workshops, I'll say to people, it's like, all right, we're going to have a 15 minute break or whatever to half an hour break. And then questions, you can ask me anything you want. And then people line up to try to bail me up to ask me questions and I always answer them. I'm not like, go away. I'm standing there answering until people stop asking. Like I never like go, no, I'm done, done now. Like, like I literally stay after these seminars for an hour, just talking to people and stuff. But, but at the same time, I'm like, why would you like, everyone would want to know the answer to that. And I just told you there's question time. It just, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. 
It's like, no, I need to ask it because it's like, I don't know. It's like, no one could possibly know the answer except for you and I need it. And it's like, I wouldn't receive the answer if I asked it as part of the seminar. For, for whatever reason, people just go, no, no, this is different. But it's not, you know, it's that kind of thing that is, um, uh, that's what I needed a bit of a break from because it was, it was draining me because I do naturally have a tendency to want to give or to help. And so it's really important for me to learn that lesson of, having really strong boundaries. Do you know what I mean? So that the, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I, well, that's exactly what I was kind of saying that I was struggling with too, with like the, the tough love or whatever. Right. It's like, man, like, you know, cause yeah, man, there's, there's, there's things that before I originally reached out to you last year too, that I wanted to reach out to you for, but I was sort of like, I feel like I could do, like, I feel like the tools are here for me to just figure this out. I don't need to kind of bother him. Cause he probably, if I'm doing this, it's probably a hundred other people doing that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, I used, and one of the, yeah, I used to have it about Paul because, you know, like we both learned from Paul Czech right. and I used to have it because with the Czech practitioner I was working with, like he was great, but there were certain elements where it's like, it's kind of, is it really? And I'm like, Paul, Paul will know the answer. I only need to save up enough money to fly from Australia to America. <laughs> you know, like I, when I talk about that gap that resides in people from unifying themselves when it's representative of, I have to go to India to sit on a mountaintop, or I have to go to America to see Paul check. It's like, you only need to close that gap within yourself. And then Paul appears right in front of you. You know, he's the guy down the street who gives you the exact same, not just the exact same, but probably better, more pertinent, more relevant than Paul would give. Because we construct people to be our uh, deities in some way, you know, the answers. And like you, like you, exactly like you said, you you wanted to find something and you associated that the answer would be from me or it would just be the easiest, most convenient place to get it. But I didn't necessarily have it. But by you opening yourself up to that, you became the answer or you created it in the way that you found it, which therefore are you empowered or disempowered? You know, that's empowering. It's actually quite disempowering to always want to go to where you see the easiest, most convenient solution. That's disempowering because you never learn. That's what a kid does. A kid once, mommy, I'm thirsty. Mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy, I need you to wipe my bum. You know, until you learn to do those things and empower yourself, it's you're always going to be a victim or under somebody else's rule. I don't have time now, son. I'll make it in 10 minutes. Go and ask your father. You know, like you, there's, there's a way that you can't get it because it's dependent on others, but you can always get this stuff if you decide to grow up. Yeah. And it's funny too, because even doing this, right. And, and talking to you, but only it's, it's so funny, man. We just, we do this to ourselves anyways. If there wasn't celebrities, we, we invent them ourselves, right? People look at you and I've heard you talk multiple on multiple streams and I've, you know, I've talked to you on and off air a couple of times now. And it's sort of, people think that you're this, this just Zen dude all the time and has all these answers because of all these different things. And through talking to, to, to people like you and, and other people that I look up to that I've already interviewed, um, it's not a knock against them, obviously, but it's like, it's not, you're not the, you're not the thing that I'm, I'm uh, deifying you as. Right. And it's, it's that no. kind of disconnect there of, of like you're saying, it's not the individual that has the answers. It's more your relationship to like how you are able to learn. And if you can learn from anything, then everything is your teacher. Yeah. And you know what the, you know, the really interesting thing about that, cause I totally agree. The really interesting thing is that I see people not just through my what work over the last 10 years but also just because i you know i've kind of like no other influencer type people in that as well and they project that model of being a deity 
where they mm. they speak they they'll get on camera or they'll write a post and it'll be all flowery and poetic and prosy and or they'll wear a certain like garb or something and it's like that's not who you are you know i like to think that if you and i just hung out right after this call you and i would be dressed the same we'd speak the same we have the same we wouldn't leave out these words but only include those ones we're actually being a re representative of ourselves and and so uh it's not only the disempowered people that and i say disempowered not in a negative sense because we all have been or are in some ways where we'll deify somebody as being the answer or they're zen-like or they're always this but of course they're not but then the people who who accept that by agreement of being a deity yes son allow me to teach you allow me to guide and lead you uh that is as disempowering more it probably even more so for them because they're not being real to themselves and they're a slave to the status the image the money uh the whatever that's one of the things that pisses me off did that i've had to get over right is when you can see it's like and no one else can it's those people that are going let's go let's go let's let's rally freedom you know like braveheart they get millions of dollars like they're the ones people are like yeah this guy's awesome but then if somebody goes, uh, it's, do you know what that is? It's a representation of this. And you might actually want to do some work on yourself. And they're like, who are you, you idiot? And then you've got like three bucks in your pocket. It's, it's like, that can make you angry because you would go, do I sell myself out and give people like knowing what I'm doing is the wrong thing, at least not right for me. Uh, or do you be yourself and just go, ah, somebody will see it at some stage, hopefully. <laughs> That's it. That is one of those places I've seen many people get to. And it can be a very difficult place because you're giving up. Again, part of you has to die. You, you might have to give up the idea of ever, ever, ever owning a home and having a nice studio for all your guitars and stuff. Now, realistically, there is a way to get there where you will be because natural value will, will receive natural value in return, right? But for most people, that construct of what it means to be successful, as they come more into their truth and they realize less and less and less people not only are willing to see or hear it, but can even possibly conceive of it, even if it was rammed down their throat, uh, you realize that your prospects uh, dwindle by a, a lot. And therefore, so does your ability to attain safety, security, status, whatever, in that paradigm that you are actually on the way out of. And you have to find, because there's not many people that can show you what that looks like, you have to find the new paradigm of safety, security, having enough, what is wealth now? Uh, am I really being valued? Can I perceive that? What's the construct of my mind that is allowing me to see it or preventing me from experiencing that true value in return? Because I believe that it will always be there. And I believe also that there are people in the world who are giving what I'm talking about, like real value that a lot might not, but maybe they package it slightly differently, but it's still not selling out and they, they uh, sustain themselves well. But uh, I think you have to be able to give up the idea of it in order to receive that. Do you know, like I had to give up the idea really of being able to own a home or anything because as if I'm ever going to get that amount of money doing what I do, you know, like my mate, Dave, I don't know if like these shirts, like you're wearing one, yeah. we do these together. And he gets where I'm coming from, but he'd really rather it if I came down to the, to Canberra to be part of this convoy thing because he sees a lot of hope in that in it. And I'm like, I get it, but it's just not, you know, so 
it's it's just one of those things where there's these ideologies and I have to be if like if I went to Canberra and I was tooting them horns I could sell us a million not a million but I could we could sell a lot of shirts but I have to make that decision to go I would love that money because I'd actually have a roof over my head right now like I'm temporarily in this place because the guy's letting me use it but at the moment I don't have one I've got to create something at the moment I don't quite have the funds to do it so I could so easily go to Canberra and be like the, the leader, one of the leaders, because I'm known. People know that I know about rights. People know that I can speak somewhat okay and that people look up to me. I could cash in on that easily, but it's not, I have to let go of that idea of security to then go, I can find security or let's say money that allows me to do stuff in being myself but I have to let that idea die of cashing in on something in order to be able to receive that in the other paradigm. So this is the, yeah, so many levels to all this stuff, which is why I don't know how you could ever be bored. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Once you open yourself to this information, it's crazy. And that's, that's what I've noticed even doing from this podcast is what, what has been the amount of people that I have access to now and their information. And when they're looking at doing like, cause you, so with heal me, you know, you guys are a PMA. Well, we're, we're setting that up and we're trying to get it as, as airtight as we can from some guys who are working at it in uh, America, but th- we can't really find any information of any of them that operate in Canada. But now we have this little power cell with, you know, other people that are trying to figure this out. And it's like, I would never have access to that if I didn't take this jump. But even taking this jump is, is basically, um, you know, axing myself from half of the, the population of uh, potential suitors and also, uh, you know, friends and all that kind of stuff, right? Because it's going to alienate some people, but it's also right now, there's a huge death going on in the outside world, which means you kind of have to just do what you have to do um, to get that to that place currently. And it's sort of your life might have been on one tra- trajectory two years ago, right? And um, I found that my life made more sense with COVID kind of, ex- you know, um, coming out to the forefront, because I was like, well, how am I seeing like all this kind of stuff and no one around me seeing this. Like I'm, I, I, I was legitimately being like, I'm, I'm going crazy here, man. Like not, how is no one else seeing this? And then COVID happened. I was like, ah, like I'm not, I like, I'm actually seeing stuff. The whole world is kind of in this spell, but we're kind of waking up to that now. Um, so just moving into that new space with, and I sat there for a year kind of listening to you guys to try to wrap my head around. Okay. How do, how does like this whole paradigm of viruses and actual illness kind of work? And then through starting with people like Paul and all these kind of other people, it was sort of like, okay, now I think I'm ready to step into this. And it was very nerve wracking to step into that. But now it's just opened up in this whole other world that I think that's kind of what you're talking about too, is like, you have to, I liken it to this too, like the leap of faith is kind of like, you have to jump off the cliff, but you can't, you know, tell the creator sort of like, yeah, well, I'll jump off the cliff. But like, can I like peek over and like, see if it's like a three foot drop or like an 11 foot drop. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You have to just jump. You're not allowed to peek over. You have to just kind of do it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why you've thrived because of this, you know, whereas other people devolved, they died, they took their own life or they're living in a hell because they refused to do that. That's the thing. Like refusal of an offer in commerce is the most dishonorable thing that you can do. So well, silence as well. You know, so uh, it's just, it's all, it's, it's, the gifts are always here. It's all a lesson. Everything's a lesson. And, and some people don't, I've said that to some people in various capacities and they're like, no, it's not, not everything has to be a lesson, but they, I hate the idea that it even could be. And I'm not even saying I'm right, but they, they had such a block to the idea that it even could be that, that it's like, wow, like look at, 
And it doesn't even matter whether what I said was correct or not correct. If you look at what they did, they had a hard, hard, hard refusal to that idea, that construct, a hard refusal. So let's look at commerce. You've got the two ways that are, which is based on natural law. It's not just made up by man. It's based on natural law. You've got a full acceptance. That's honorable. You've got a conditional acceptance or a negotiation, which is also honorable. That means like, well, why do you say that? Well, what about this? Because I've had this experience, opening it up, a question, uh, a, a counter offer, that's a negotiation. It's honorable. It's honorable for a reason. It's because energetically, it's what it's based on. Then the two ways that are dishonorable are silence. You got nothing to say. If you got nothing to say, well, somebody else will say it for you. So that makes the other guy right, even if you don't think that they are. And then the other way is the refusal. No, nah, that's not it. Like a hard, like, no, nah, never listening to that. I'm not doing what you say. No one rules me. You know, no government will rule me. And you, you look at what happens, man, in, in like so many songs, stories, movies, that, that energy itself is portrayed. Case in point, uh, everyone loves the song, uh, Killing the Name, Rage Against the Machine fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. And everyone's like singing that, like, fuck you, I won't. It's like, and, and then, you know, they're like, yeah, well, you better get vaccinated and wear a mask. Yeah, you yeah, know, That yeah. band, that band. And knowing how that sort of stuff comes through, like they're chosen, they were chosen 20 years ago to be the raging against the machine, to be the counter part to the machine itself, that whoever creates the machine has to also create the counter, the counter to the machine. It's how it works to create balance. Like you have space and counter space. The creator created space and counter space. So then you have to have that. So they make, the system gave us rage against the machine. Then we rage against the machine thinking like, yeah, fuck the system, fuck everything I rule. No one says anything to me. Meanwhile, that's the system. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. And so I love the Owen stream when he, he broke down in, in a child one, I think it was, and he broke down... Uh, bullet with butterfly wings and uh forget which one by smashing pumpkins and he said oh, it was actually the bullet with butterfly wings one where he said the lyrics are despite all my rage i'm still just a rat in a cage and then he goes it's actually because of my rage i'm still just a rat in a cage mm. and i'm just mm. like oh dude <laughs> that was epic like never thought of that but that's so true and this is the thing this is this is um you look at every like uh, inspirational film which they the ones that do all this stuff they make these films so you've got like Braveheart you've got all these warrior moves where people go into battle that's the same as going to Canberra or Ottawa or wherever to occupy these places we're going to win the people the people will rise we demand this and and they they subtly imprint that idea and bring it in with lovely emotional music and stuff to make you feel you feel it in your heart you feel pride you feel accomplishment, you feel camaraderie, nothing wrong with those things, but realize that they are created. And then whoever creates owns. So if you didn't create it, if that was created by someone else based on the suggestion and then creating the, the, uh, the environment for that to flourish, who created that? It wasn't you, so you don't own it. You're still feeding that same power until you are able to separate from it. That's owning things. Then you own yourself, and if you own it, you create yourself. Who owns that? It's you. you. That's how you're free. It's not from an affidavit to the government. I'm a living man. Fuck off. Uh, it's you. You create it first. You own it. And then, but that's like a lifelong journey for some people. And doing affidavits, for example, 
can be part of the journey to knowing yourself. So when I say that it's about knowing yourself and the paperwork is an extension, that doesn't mean don't do paperwork. That doesn't mean it's wrong or it's bad because that can be one of the steps to then starting to start starting that journey to come back into the self. So then it's good. So when I'm talking about stuff in streams or doing this with you, Rob, I'm not trying to say that one way is an answer or the right way. I'm just highlighting what is. That is the expression of a deeper thing. But I'm not saying don't do it because some people hear it as that. They go, oh, Tom's dissing doing paperwork. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not dissing doing paperwork. I'm just highlighting where things are at. Like what's step one, what's step two, what's step three? That's all I'm doing. I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't do one of those other steps, just that those are the steps. You can do whatever you like and none of them are wrong. Same as going to the convoys, you know? Yeah, and I, I've, I've seen people kind of do that with, with you and with Owen for sure because there's a, there's a huge thing with Owen too because I love him, but like it's if he doesn't like something or if he makes fun of Keanu Reeves, like everyone on the internet doesn't like Keanu Reeves and like overnight kind of thing. And it's like, dude, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can still like, you know, you know, I don't know. Anyway, it's just like that kind of stuff. Cause when you were talking about uh, Braveheart, one of the two, two things that I've seen recently, just watching them again and being like, Oh man, that's kind of like a nugget there. Like what you're saying is true. It's they're like the whole story about fighting in the raw, raw stuff is that what, well, that's what they're feeding into right now with the, uh, the Canberra and the Ottawa stuff. But what I've noticed in, in like 300, right. That whole story is about, it doesn't matter if we win or lose, we have to do what's right because that's the point of doing what's right. And I think the, the, the queen says to him, don't ask what a king would do or whatever. It's what would a free man do? You know? And I think that it was just kind of like, oh, cool. You know, it's, it's not necessarily like you have to go into battle. Like these people are thinking this is our battle. It is also saying like, even just working on your, you know, your farm or in your backyard. And when they come knocking on your door saying, we're going to take everything from you, you know, it's sort of like, okay, I'll do what, I'll do what I need to do because if I want to be free, it's that kind of, it's not, it doesn't have to be the battle. And there was another one with, uh, uh, like the Avengers Endgame, and like Cap had his like shield broken and everything, and he still gets up and he still faces the army that's coming after him. And I was like, that's what it is. It's just even if you're gonna lose, the idea of like being on your feet and giving it 100. percent That's that's the story. But it's not. It's like you're saying. It's not the we have to go on the front lines, man, and go and like tell them what's up and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know if you kind of agree with that, but like that's kind yeah. of what I've been seeing with this stuff too. Well, there's two things. One is that if Owen says Keanu's gay, because he likes to say stuff like that, <laughs> and everyone's like, what? What does he mean? Like, is he a homophobe or what? And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't like Keanu. There's something wrong with him. They haven't made their own decision. Who created that? Owen created that. Owen owns it. You're actually being a pawn to somebody else, even if he's right. Even if he's right, you're still being a pawn. You're allowed to make your own decisions, everyone. Yeah. That's the thing. So if we say things like, you know, it's like Owen says it's a gay rave at these places. It's like, that doesn't make it a gay rave. That's an offer. You can make it a gay rave if now you, you think that that's the reality of thing. But Owen's only making an offer. He's not making a full claim that he's right. And you nailed it, Rob, because you just said, what would a free man do? Would a free man give up time with his family and his work and his time on the land and his time surfing or playing guitar to go to a gay rave? Would a free man do that? He wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm for all wants and purposes to myself, relatively free. I don't say I'm completely free because I still have my traumas and my, my uh, I'm, I'm aware of what's going on with myself. But, you know, that's why I'm not going to Canberra. I'm like, dude, I just got this. I just got a humbucker telly. And I'm like, this is epic. And I got it for 400 bucks, like half market value. And I'm like, so stoked with this thing. It's like, I could go to a gay rave down in a, a t 
Canberra is the worst place in Australia. There is no place that is less beautiful than Canberra. Canberra is the place that the Freemasons mostly inhabit. It is, there's no shoreline, there's no ocean. You know, go to Sydney, it's close. There's a beautiful harbour. There's a surf beach there. There's nature. There's nothing in Canberra. Canberra is a Freemason butthole. Why would I go to a Freemason's butthole? I don't want to. I want to play this. It's epic. I love it. This is what a Freeman does. It's not ignoring stuff or not, you know, it's like, it's like realizing exactly that question, Rob, you know, what would a Freeman do? A Freeman's going to plug this in as soon as I'm done with you. I'm going to like rock out because it's epic. That brings me joy. It's creativity. It's, it's, it's giving what the creator gave me. So is the ability to fight, by the way, if it was actually necessary, if they had come for the kids, right? And they've got 50,000 kids locked up in a football field in Canberra under Freemason territory. You bet your ass I'm going down there with guns, with bow and arrows, with my fists and my fury, and I'm getting them out. But that's not what it is. You know, I'm actually, I'm going to start doing, you know, when I said I'm going to make more content, one of the things I'm going to do is breakdowns. I'm just going to see how people like it. I think it might be valuable where I'll put a video on because I'll do it on Zoom and I'll like comment on it and, and re react to it or whatever to explain what's going on. And uh, one of the ones I want to show is where Owen's going, he's doing this bit. I don't want to wreck it, but he's basically going, but there's mandates and no, nah, I'm not even going to wreck it. I'm just going <laughs> to, he's basically just going, what do you mean? Like, you mean like they're suggesting it? You know, he's just breaking it down. It's so funny and he does it so well. So I'm going to put that in there and, and show people that. But it's just, that's what's going on at the moment. A mandate, if people want to look up what a mandate is, it requires the consent or the agreement of the one being asked to perform to some kind of satisfaction. So no, nobody has to do anything. And this is why I, I'm not for it because they're protesting or, or rallying for something that's not there. So it was offered and now they are creating that it's there. And then of course the government's written the script, they're gonna drop mandates and stuff, of course they are. So they're gonna think they did it. Therefore this paradigm or this construct of what they're doing gets uh, you know, positive uh, affirmation. It's like, this works, this is what we do. We empower something, we make it real and then we go to try to break it down, not realizing that the planned obsolescence means it was always gonna break down. So now we can buy this new idea that will be put forward for us because instead of using that beautiful energy of creation and spirit that we have to make what we want, all we're doing is pushing against something that we think that we don't want, not realizing that we made it in the first place. So we're wasting our creative potential because we actually don't know what to do with it. Like people, like I said, people don't know what freedom is. If they had it, they wouldn't know what to do with it. And underlying everything is they don't want it in the first place. Same with anything. Anything that people think that they want, they probably don't want it. That inversion thing is very real. So, but it's not, like I said, it's not wrong for him to do it, but man, I'd rather just chat to you, play some guitar, get out in the garden um, and be of service in the way that I can because what they're processing against is not real. However, if it was real, like I said, if they had kids held hostage, now, instead of playing guitar, my my uh, fire that has the ability to scorch the earth because that's what the creator gave me. Well, I'm going to use that because it's going to be used for a purpose that is real, <laughs> not for a made up purpose. Yeah. I think that's a difficult line to kind of ride right now where what is truly pertinent at the moment and what is this construct 
And that's, yeah, that, that was my main thing with, with the trucker stuff too, was I, I just kept saying, people were like, this is it, man. Like if this doesn't work, like this is really bad because this is kind of like the last, you know, hoorah kind of thing where we're going to show them how serious we are. And I kept trying to tell people, you know, listening to you, listening to Owen and all that kind of stuff was like, guys, you can't let this be the thing. You can get inspired by your fellow people and seeing them in this space that you're now kind of occupying too. I'm like, I'm not alone in thinking this, but it has to be, we're done with doing this. We're not asking for permission. We're just going ahead with it. And you guys have to deal with that or change whatever you guys need to change in the background, but we're not doing this anymore. Um, one of the things I want to touch on uh, just kind of like before we end here, because what I love, you, you were talking about how you, you weren't surfing and you, you, you want to get back to that. And one of the huge things I, heard, I learned from you and, and, the, and then Paul doing the, the study there was working in and working out and that filling your cup so that you, can, you have something to pour into, into someone else's. And um, I was curious, I usually ask people the question of, you know, um, what kind of empowerment things can they do to, if, to, to feel brave and all that kind of stuff at this time that, you know, people might feel disempowered. Um, but I kind of want to switch it up because you, you've talked a lot about how, you, how people can do that. But I'm wondering, how can people uh, find those ways to disengage from constantly looking at their screen of what's going on? Because I've done that too. Anytime I find a new guy like you or whatever, I go, I immediately backlog everything that they've done. And like, I just spend hours looking at their stuff because I'm, I'm intrigued by it. But I know it's not, it's, it's kind of a dangerous thing to do to just stay in front of the, the, the TV screen all the time. And I know you talk about jujitsu. I recently got back into that because I was like, man, I got to just not think about anything. Uh, and then it's just very humbling to get tapped out by like 13 year old girls. So just wondering, yeah. uh, any, any thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, this goes back to what you said before is like you see some guy or girl or whatever and you go, oh, they're always Zen. But I've just told you that I was spending more time doing emails and, and making content than doing the things that actually bring me joy. That's not Zen, that's dumb. That's literally, that's not a smart thing to do or an enlightened or Zen-like thing to do. So the very thing that people may see me as being, which is not a real thing, clearly it's not a real thing because I was not surfing, you know? So there's that. And then there's that, it's, it all really all comes down to a choice. Like part of agreements uh, underlied by a choice, the choice to, to be something or do something different or better or to, to learn, it's, it's a decision. So for me, that's the decision uh, that I've had to, to um, you know, act on is just to, to do that. And for people who are wondering what they can do, that's, you know, well, for me, connecting to the breath is one of the most simple things. The reason I come back to the breath is because it's always there. You know, like I love playing guitar, but sometimes I feel like playing, but I'm nowhere near an instrument. But my voice is an instrument, well, not mine, but if you can sing, your voice is an instrument. The analogy is, is that if you're looking for a way to come into yourself and to reach a better state, you always have your breath. You don't have to be around your fancy device or your gong or your uh, whatever else. You know, this is something that you always have. So to come into your breath is very important. And so maybe you could now, having heard that you could go well that's a good idea tom and then you might go well i'm going to now research a bit about breath and breath work and how that works and there you go so now it's not like waiting for me to do it for you it's like there's the idea there's the offer you're going to accept decline or negotiate that and either way you're going to form an agreement so then what's what's the individual going to do with that i find for me it's very helpful because over time i developed the ability to connect to it very quickly so I generally only need to do one uh, very aware conscious breath and it will change my state immediately. Whereas when I'm learning about it, I guess maybe looking back, it might've taken a couple of minutes or something to come into that state. 
But then as you learn it, like an instrument, I don't necessarily have to listen to a song 50 times to figure it out. I can listen to it once and, and realize if it's a tool song, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can figure that out in one go because I've done that many times now. Um, similar to breath work or working in, like you said, like um, what Paul taught me a great deal about. Um, yeah, all of these things, I think it's very representative of what we've been talking about, which is the inner being represented or expressed as the outer. The outer could be seen as the yang and the inner is the yin. And if, if it's always out there, like what's going on out there? What's Owen talking about? What's Tom talking about? What's going on in, uh, with the truckers? That's all out there. And the analogy then, Rob, is the working in is just going, all right, forget that. But let's, we could change that if we just change this. It'll express differently. So that yin time or that going inside time, super important. And uh, I, yeah, I don't know if you wanted to go into anything else on that, but I just wanted to echo that what you're saying is totally true. And people like us that are delivering more of the content to people, it's even more important that we do it. Because if we don't do it, we're not even serving those that are looking to us for, I wouldn't even say leadership or guidance, just information. And information is something that you can then do whatever you wish with. And that's really all I see as our job is more just to like plant seeds. It's like, here's an offer. I'm offering what I know. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just offering what I know. It may help. It may not. You can accept it, decline it or negotiate on it. You can form the agreement that you wish. None of us that provide information can ever force anyone to do it, do with it what they will a certain way. It's all an offer. Yeah, I love it. I, it just, it really, really hit home to me. That was one of the big lessons I learned from you and Paul was um, working in is just as important as working out. Because if you have nothing to give, then what you're giving is is always going to be uh, um, insufficient to a certain degree, right? Because you're not, you don't have enough to give of yourself to, to actually truly help other people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I love it, man. I, I love talking to you. Uh, we got to get you back on in another couple of months. Uh, we mentioned we were both kind of, I wanted to rep the shirt and then you kind of had it on when we came yeah. on here. Um, but that's all right. Reserves, all rights reserve dot shop, you and David. And uh, where else yep. can people find you and support you um, uh, at the moment? Uh, it's all through tombarnett.tv, the website. And uh, if you do want to learn more about agreements and offers and private and public, I've got a three hour audio. It's not a course, it's just audios that I put together in a specific format to help people learn really only a few key basic concepts, but hear them in different ways so that it can really like, ah, uh, that sinks in now. So that's on there called Empowered Communication in Commerce. And I also realized that when I was watching myself, when I was going, you do this and you do that, I kind of did this. And for anyone that's really soft in the head, that doesn't mean that I'm a satanic or a Freemason, anything. That's just, first of all, that, by the way, is the mudra. That actually comes from uh, the Indian uh, Sanskrit practice of energetics of what that means. Then the soft in the head version is where that gets inverted to mean that you're a satanic something. It's actually just a very natural thing. They do very, they do a lot of different mudras, which are based on, uh, you know, elements of the way the energy circulates. I forget exactly what that means, oh, okay. but it's like 666. Like all of these things have positive meanings, then the inversion to put fear into the heart by agreement, by acceptance of the receiver of the information then creates that. So the offer, and then we, as the more, the most creative beings in the universe, we make that real. They just give us the offer because they can't do it themselves. 
And that's the, that's the beauty of the game. Until you realize that, you're playing their game. When you realize that, you can start to play your own game. And that means playing guitar and talking to good guys, not going to uh, trucker rallies, even though there's nothing wrong with that, if that's where people are at. Right. And you also have healme.health, right? You're still doing that stuff. Healme.health is where most of the health stuff I'm now doing, rather than doing individual consults, it's where we're doing a lot of webinars. I'm interviewing people who are very switched on with regards to health and natural health. We're building out natural uh, alternate, as in in the private, practitioner uh, directories. Where So if you want someone and you know they've got an aligned value system, they're not going to talk about vaccines as if they're good or whatever, and they're moving into the private and you can get that kind of beneficial relationship, which is very pure. We're building that in private health system out. Uh, there's, there's doctors coming on board with that too, not just natural therapists. So it's really like where people are going, we need to build our own hospitals because that's not going to serve us so much longer. Well, that's what we're doing. We're not literally building hospitals, but that is a possibility. We're bringing those health professionals in so that when you need that in the private, it's there. We're also doing lawful remedies. We're doing uh, 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 growing, like learning how to grow or at least source to farmers and stuff direct because farmers markets are being targeted and people there that don't necessarily know how to handle commerce. They're like, oh, well, we better shut the market down or we better make sure our stall holders are back. Like farmers are vaccinated or whatever or wear any masks, like forget that. We're moving it out of that system. So that's what we're doing at healme.health. And actually, we, we've made it so that the foundational members, which is the current ones, and anyone that joins up to the next two weeks, which today for me is the 9th of February, you're the 8th, I think. Um, so that'll be another probably 10 days. So until the 19th of February, anyone that joins uh, is actually gets membership over all of the platforms, the, the grow me, the teach me, the heal me, the lawful me, and anything else that comes out that you get as a foundational member, all of that. Uh, after that date, when people join, they'll have to join each platform individually. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, that's if people want to go ahead and do that. That's where I'm doing most of my health stuff is through Heal Me because I have the support then of also other practitioners to share a load and to provide information and do live Q and A's for people's questions. So, um, yeah, it's been going really well. Yeah. I love it, man. Um, I'll have a link to all of it in the description for everybody to, to check out, um, it's always great to talk to you, man. And I think uh, you're kind of an example of no complaining without solutions. And one of the things I really learned from you over this past two years is it's not just about what you're against. It, you know, you can be against what's happening, uh, but you also have to build what you want to create in the world. And I think uh, a lot of people need to kind of hear that now, especially with um, everything going on. Everyone's complaining about stuff, but no one has a solution and no one has, you know, they don't know where to put their energy. And I think that's hugely important uh, right now. And I think everything that you're doing, all the sites you guys have going on uh, are perfect for everyone. So uh, I can't thank you enough for making the time again, man. Hopefully we can check in again in another couple months and uh, we can go yeah. from there. But I always appreciate talking to you, man. And uh, we'll get you on again soon. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate what you do too. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, man.